So I met Anthony, my business partner, in the gym. We spent a lot of time messing around in the gym, doing silly exercises and testing our limits with max efforts and other ridiculousness, all types of niche, random exercises that you wouldn't see anyone else doing. And through that relationship, we started to talk about business and entrepreneurship. We realized that this is something that we both shared as a very common interest. And we both really wanted to explore entrepreneurship in the future. And, you know, I'd be working at the climbing wall or in the rental shop on campus as part of our outdoor adventure program. Anthony would pull up and we would talk about Alex Hermosi or Gary Vee or any of the other famous social media entrepreneurs and simply talk about what we were learning. And, you know, I realized that we would talk about this for so long, but we never actually did anything. But, you know, we loved to talk and we were entrepreneurs at the time. So for backstory, I love climbing. And our SMU climbing wall had been suffering in attendance for a while. Okay, we would have two student employees. We would typically sit behind the desk and just wait for people to come up. But some people would just play on their phone and then gym goers would simply just ignore the climbing wall. And I got fed up with this because I love climbing and I wanted to share my love for climbing with my fellow students. And I felt that there was no reason that everyone who was lifting weights like wouldn't at least want to try climbing if not love it. So I decided to make some changes. I went to the back room and actually discovered that we had a speaker. I dug it out, I connected my phone to the Bluetooth and just started jamming to some house music, like stuff you'd find in a club. Like this is what college students like. And students who were walking down to the gym floor to lift weights or get on the treadmills were forced to look at the wall and see me having a good time just due to the nature of the building. And at that point, I would stand on these, I would stand on these uh, benches and point at everyone who's coming down the stairs. I would talk to them and simply ask if they wanted to climb. And for a lot of these people, this was the first time anyone had asked them if they wanted to climb. They just didn't even think of it. Just the rock wall was just another part of the building. And, you know, it's habitual at this point. You see it and you just walk past and you go to your workout. And that was the first time I had done anything remotely related to sales. Obviously, I'd done things related to sales in the past, like just living life the skills of influence and persuasion come about on the day-to-day, but when it actually comes to selling a service or a product, which at this point was selling students to come use our climbing wall, this was the first time I'd done something like that. And I realized that, wow, well, actually a lot of people say no. I mean, a lot of people said yes, of course, but the majority would initially have some objections. Um, whatever they were, you know, I have to work out, oh, I'm tired, oh, I'm scared, oh, I don't like heights, you know, I'm a baby, whatever it was. So that's when my natural persuasion skills started to kick in. I just wouldn't take no for an answer. Kind of hilarious. And in hindsight, I was probably being a little pushy, you know, a little 
used car salesman-esque, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I just like wanted people to climb. And you know, even though I was being pushy, I know people, I know that people could see my enthusiasm for climbing was true. And I wasn't trying to take their money. Like this was a free service. I simply wanted kids to have fun on the wall. Like really not a huge ask. So that week is crazy. So on an average week at the wall, we would have around 20 climbers per week. That week we went from averaging around 20 to 115 climbers at the wall. Now, for those of you that aren't math geniuses, that's a 575% increase in climbers. Like, holy shit. I was just out there having fun, you know? I was out there just talking to people because I had something that I truly enjoyed and believed in and wanted people to share in that awesomeness. And Anthony, though, he, he saw something else. He saw a natural-born salesperson. He, he, like, he looked at me and was like, this guy is a dog. He's a killer. He can do it. I mean, he recognized me using these techniques of persuasion and influence that I had never been taught. I was just naturally doing it. So then, okay, it was just like, he said, wow, that's very interesting. So we went to dinner um, one of the nights, long night at the wall. We just had a bunch of climbers. I was really riding that high of like reviving the wall. It it felt really good to have people actually using it. And one of the things that surprised me so much is that, and this I feel like goes for, you know, kind of all things that you're struggling with in life or in business that, you know, I only changed like two to three of the inputs into this equation, right? Like I brought out a speaker, I played music, I decided that I was going to have fun, and I just asked people if they wanted to climb, right? Speaker, fun, ask people if they wanted to climb. Those three inputs led to a 575% increase in the output of people climbing. Like, such a dramatic change came from very minimal effort which is really cool to see that you can make a big difference by just doing some small things. So a few days later, Anthony came up to me talking about a business opportunity, right? He recognized the sales acumen. He wanted to go out there and try a window cleaning business. It turns out that he'd seen these guys on TikTok who were absolutely killing it in the door-to-door window cleaning business and he'd also happen to buy their online course. Now, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, they're the Lesters, right? And they, you know, we would use their pitch. So basically you'd go up, you go knock, 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 and the person opened the door and be like, hey, have you have you seen us on the street the past few days? And they're like, no, and like, and we'd be wearing white shirts. I'm like, yeah, the, the handsome guys. And then, you know, it was kind of funny. Some, most people would laugh, some people would just look at you deadpan, but you know, that was kind of my introduction to the, the door-to-door selling. So this was like right before spring break. And he sent me the course materials and boom, my sales training began. And you know, it took us a few months to actually get started. Every few weekends or so, we would try and coordinate it, but some sort of conflict would arise or add homework or whatever. But eventually, the cards lined up and I had no excuse, so I said, fuck it. Let's do this thing, let's get out there. 
So we went to Home Depot and we got around 200 bucks of window cleaning equipment and just headed out into a middle class neighborhood around, and this is in the spring, so the sun's setting around 7.30ish. And it's crazy, like no expectations, we didn't know what was gonna happen, and we made our first sale within 30 minutes. And our second sale, literally right afterwards. So for context, I was walking on one side of the street and Anthony and Zach, Zach was Anthony's roommate at the time, were working on another side of the street. And I knock on this door, this guy's old as hell. And he opens the door and he's like, blah, 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 whatever. I end up selling the job for 300 bucks. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, this is awesome. Literally within the first 30 minutes, I made my first sale and I look across the street and Anthony and Zach are talking to this lady and they end up making the sale too. So boom, within 30 minutes, we both have made our first sale and it was awesome. I remember I ran across the street, I dapped them up, I celebrated and we're like, guys, we just secured our first $500 of sales. Let's get after it. So we scrambled back to the car, got our equipment, started cleaning all of the windows. If you want the full story on that first day, it's you know how I started my first business, episode one, two, and three. Anyways, we worked on that house until sunset. It was really cool. We did that, we went back the next day and cleaned the other lady's house. And then, that's just, that's kinda how we got started with what eventually became Mustang window cleaning. So, it turns out we weren't actually doing it every single day. Um, we went back the next week and we're like, okay, let's try it again. This time I was like, okay, well, we really, you know, it took a long time to clean that first house. It took us around three hours and I'm really not trying to spend all that time cleaning, right? Because what's my skill? My skill is the sales, like I bring in the money, so why should I be cleaning? So I found a couple of other homies from the gym at SMU and it's like, hey, do you wanna like make 50 bucks today? They're like, okay. So we got three other guys. We got Ryan, we got another Anthony, we had two Anthonys and Ian. And we go out there. I remember making one, two, we made three sales that day for 249, 200. We made 550 bucks that day. So the first two days that we go out there, we made 550 bucks both days. And that kind of opened my eyes to like, holy shit, you know, I can just knock on someone's door and make like easy money. Like it's 500 bucks, you know, obviously we have to clean the windows, but that's really not that hard once you learn the skills. So we did that and then, you know, here and there, back and forth, we'd kind of get after it. Me and Anthony would clean windows. We'd get some jobs from next door, but we really hadn't like into this thing yet. We were just kind of trying it out. I was slowly learning the sales pitch, and you know, we were just kind of playing around. And then it got to the point where school was up and the school year had ended, Anthony graduated, and this was like an inflection point for him where it's like, okay, either I can go out there and get a job, or right now I can try and see where this Mustang window cleaning thing goes. And we decided that we're gonna go all in on the business and see what we can do. So 
week uh, school ends, I actually head to Taos, New Mexico for a week to go backpacking, clear my head, and I get back and it's like, all right, dude, it's fucking go time. So at this point, it's me, Anthony, and Ian. Anthony and Ian are clean, cleaning and I'm selling. And it took us like, you know, a week or two that first week of June where I was kind of eating shit, you know, we'd make, we'd do those thousand dollar days, but you know, we got to the point where like a thousand dollar a day was just whatever. Like it was, it was like, it kind of expected. So the expectations had kind of risen over that time, partially because, you know, May 31st, it was Memorial Day. I think I sold like Fifteen or eighteen hundred dollars worth of jobs, so we kind of knew what was possible when it came to door to door. And then we found this hood called Lakewood, and Lakewood was <laughs> a blessing for us. Certainly, I don't know what it was, but I was just killing it in Lakewood. There was like a week, two weeks, where I was like averaging eighteen hundred dollars of sales. Every single day. And I remember my record day, you know, I did like $2,400 or $2,600. And I was like, holy shit. We are absolutely getting after it. We're slowly putting in the pieces of actually building a business. We're buying more equipment. We've got our four step water purification system in the water fed pool. I'm out there selling all day. Anthony's out there cleaning. Ian's out there cleaning. I'm talking to people. I'm learning what it's like for to actually nurture customer relationships. I'm understanding the power of social proof that when you know you do a job and that person happens to know the neighbors and then I knock on the neighbor's door and they're like, hey, you know, we saw you over at Matt's house. Like, let me go talk to Matt. And they go talk to Matt and Matt would be like, yeah, they did a fantastic job, I love them. And then now I'm doing the neighbors. And we would do like six or seven homes in the neighborhood just like that because everyone knew each other and they would tell their neighbors like, yo, they did awesome. Our windows look great. We're going to get after it. We're going to we're gonna hire these guys. So that was really cool. The, the whole social kind of effect, you know, kind of keeping up with the Joneses or whatever you want to say it, like that really played into our favor and we made a ton of money. And then it came to the point where June 14th, I had this trip that I was planning to go to Europe for a while. So I end up going to Europe. Anthony goes to Santa Barbara and Utah and I'm in Europe and it's three weeks. And we get back and we both have to move. There's a bunch of shit going on. But I get back and I'm like not really into it, right? It's a lot harder in Dallas. It's like 110 degrees. Back when you we were selling before, it was like a cool like 80 or 90, so it was not that bad. But now it's 100, we're out there. It was just like, man, what am I doing out here? We didn't have Ian anymore. We had this kid named Dominic. We didn't have him anymore. And it just wasn't like, it wasn't feeling fun. But I was like, all right, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep trying this. I'm gonna keep doing it. And, and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, well, the door-to-door thing isn't working that great right now. We're not, we're not making sales because a because it's hot or b because it's like you know this is it's a lot more difficult right now, and we're not really having the same success as we were before. 
and there was a lot of expectation on me to be able to produce the same amount that I was before during that time where we found our initial period of success where I was selling $2,000 a day. But the circumstances were different, right? We were hitting that prime late spring season where you know, a lot of people will get their windows cleaned. And we had hit a market where a lot of people hadn't done it and a lot of people knew each other and it was really playing into our favor. And But we didn't know that, right? We were so new in business that we, we simply thought that I was like an expert salesman. And that was the reason that we were having all this material success. So then we get back and just like, fuck man, shit's not going well. It's a lot hotter. It feels like I'm kind of eating shit right now. And this is not this is not how I like how I want my business to go, right? Like I I initially said I'm going all in on this because it was really fucking fun. And it stopped being fun. And you know, part of it I think okay, so me and Anthony moved in together into a new apartment. So now we're roommates. Now we're around each other all the time. The business is always on my mind. And having Anthony around all the time kind of put a lot of pressure on me to like make sales because he didn't do any sales. I did all of the sales. So I have this guy where like, he's like, okay, well, I need this to work because I just graduated college. I need to pay rent. And this is, this is my business. And for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm still in school. I don't have the same level of like, I need this to work right now. I just kind of want to do it to have fun and explore the skills of sales in a safe environment where I'm not like under incredible amounts of pressure to have a consistent, consistent sales. Because we're at the point where like, dude, I've only been selling for a month and I have no like mentorship or anyone who's actually like showing me the way of how, like how to do this. So it was one of those things where I got fucking just overwhelmed, like incredibly overwhelmed. It's a feeling I've never felt before. I've never felt so much stress and so much like, holy fuck, like what am I gonna, what am I gonna do? And you know, this, this happened at the same time I got into a car accident and then I didn't have my car. And then it was like, fuck, okay, now I'm stuck at home. I have all this responsibility to make the sales. Like, I understand. I took this responsibility upon myself, but now it's being amplified by the fact that my roommate and business partner also needs the sales. He doesn't do any sales, so it's all on me. And it got to the point where I was like, man, fuck this. I did this because it's fun. And right now I'm not having fun. So what, what are the lessons that I learned from this whole situation, right? There's, cause there's good and there's bad. The good, I learned that sales is an incredible tool. Sales is a gateway to building business, to building wealth for yourself. I realized that like, okay, now I have like some inherent understanding of sales and of influence and of persuasion and that I can take this into other fields and you know have a higher leverage opportunity than selling window cleaning which was a blessing and I that experience of you know knocking damn near at that probably a thousand doors or even more definitely more than a thousand that like 
that helped me so much for my personal development, for just getting out of my comfort zone. Because I remember like when I first started, like it was hard to go out there and knock doors, especially when I was alone. When I was with the boys, like it was no big deal. I just go up and knock because, you know, it's like one of those things where I'm with the boys, I gotta show my leadership. But when you're alone, it's like there's there's no influence there to be like, hey, you gotta go out there and do this. It was just myself, me alone with my thoughts. And it'd be fucking scary, man. It, it, my heart would be racing. I'm like, man, these, I'd have imposter syndrome. I'm like, these people, I'm a fucking scammer. Like, what, what am I doing out here? Like, but no, I had to learn to get over that. And that's something that I'm incredibly grateful for because it required me to really push myself. And I haven't done it in that, done that in that way before, where I'd overcome this anxiety to approach the doors and talk to these strangers and accept that I'm gonna get the door slammed in my face and accept that people are gonna be like, get the fuck off my porch. But also accept that like, some people are gonna be super receptive and actually wanna listen to you. Or some people, you, you're actually delivering a, a service that people want and you're delivering value. You're not a fucking scammer. So overcoming that was huge for me. It was incredibly valuable. It was one of the most valuable experiences I've had as a young man is getting on the doors and learning to accept rejection, to accept the fear and understand that it's just a part of life and that this is what I have to do in order to continue my self-improvement, to continue my improvement for the business. So that was the good. The, the cons, I mean, okay, so the cons is like, we just didn't understand our business. And being naive and ignorant, A, it led to it led to us making a lot of money in the beginning, but it also led to me being overwhelmed and discouraged in the middle, right? I didn't understand the seasonality that came with window cleaning. The seasonality works like, okay, winter, right before the holidays, Fall and right before the holidays are high season and then spring and then everything in between, it's a lot harder to get sales. So I went out there where it was in the low season. People aren't really getting their windows cleaned and it was 110 degrees. So I started feeling sorry for myself, man. I was like, man, I'm hot, man. I'm getting rejected a lot more. And the fact that we're in Dallas and the neighborhoods that we were knocking in, a lot of people were at their summer houses and fucking Colorado. So the rate at pe which people were opening the door was less. But I failed to recognize that all of those circumstances were fighting against me and that I was fighting an uphill battle, but it still felt like all of the responsibility was on me. That it's because I'm not good enough that I'm not doing this, not that I've simply entered a more difficult playing field and I maybe don't have the experience to be doing as well as I was before when it was three levels easier. But that really got to me. I remember just feeling stressed and, and having Anthony there, like I, was, I would simply always be thinking about that. His presence was a constant reminder of my stress and it caused me to feel even more overwhelmed than I was before. That leads me to another thing, it's like choosing your business partner, right? Maybe don't live with your business partner. Maybe find someone who, you know, you're able to work things out together and you know that, I don't know, I, I would have spent more time before saying like, hey, let's go all in on this business. I think that I would have spent more time kind of in the, the phase of like, 
hey, we can just we can do a few jobs here and there, but you know, maybe get a job. Because I think we we committed to it too fast. We committed to it at a point where especially in, you know, a business a service-based business where it's all about cash flow where I was naive in a point where it was high season and I thought that cash flow would continue. And I thought that because of that, then we could go all in. And that simply wasn't the case. It led to us like having to slow things down a lot. But the entire experience was powerful because I learned that, okay, it's, it's important to understand the seasonality of your business. It's important to understand the customers when they're when they're going to be where you think they are, right? The customers weren't there when I thought they were going to be there. They're, you know, away from the Dallas heat. So understanding the seasonality, understanding the business, understanding your customer, understanding your business partner, all those factors were so huge. And now on my next business venture, like that's going to be top of mind. I'm not going to be so naive to think that everything's just going to work out simply because I'm going to brute force it. Yeah, yeah, things work, but why not work smarter rather than just brute forcing things? So I think the main takeaway is just to work really smart and understand the business that you're going to get into to a certain extent, but also don't let those facts paralyze you with fear, right? There's a difference between doing the research and simply just looking for excuses not to take action because there's more re- always more research that you can that you can do. There's always more studying in the background you can do before you take action. But I think the the point is, is that be as prepared as you possibly can. Do the most preparation, but also at the same time, don't let that stop you from taking action. There's a fine balance between the both. Be prepared, study up, understand your business, understand your product, understand your market, understand your customers, but also fucking take action. Don't let that stop you. I think that's my, my key takeaway. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That was the infinite gain. Thank you.